0: Hello runners, Coach Bala here, hope all of you are doing well. Uh, Coming to you on Sunday and today's date is the 21st, so the end of uh, week two of regular training, the third week, uh, the end of first Miso is about to begin. Cannot believe that you guys are already four weeks of training, already in. Many of you would have completed 21 days milestone, I hope um, those of you have taken it seriously, haven't done, missed much, you're beginning to realize that the inertia of putting on your shoe and going for a run is sort of coming down. That's a great sign that you are just getting there. You know, some of the trends you would see around this point, if you are in the training zone, is that you begin to start looking at final surge earlier than the last minute that you open up and see what am I going to do today or right now. You know, that's a typical trend. You know, people look at it the night before or the first day in the morning when they get up and they're doing the morning chores. They kind of, as they plan what they need to do for the day, they sort of have running as part of that planning. And they look at a oh, final surge right in the morning. That's probably some little bit more, uh, you know, advancement in this journey. Some people do it the previous night and some people, yet some people look at it for a week. like Every Sunday after the long run, they look at it, what's the next week going to look like? And believe it or not, there are some folks who do it for the entire MISO as well. Uh, in fact, there is a historic picture uh, in the early days of uh, Runner's High, where the Boston Bazookas group, the the good runners of Boston, there was this picture where I had released a MISO cycle. And I, it looks like they had a party at the time. They all came together and they watched and they looked at the. I know there's a picture like this Obama, um, you know, that was somehow been arrayed in the, the Obama's, uh, what do you call Management team is looking at the computer or uh, the screen with all intent like that. There was this picture where all of them are looking at their phones, seriously looking at what the next miso looks like. That was a very fun, good representation of how to execute this. It's all in the mind, as they say, right? Once your mind is in the right place, once you're once you're mentally sort of locked in, then everything else is just a matter of time. It just flows through. So that's where we are right now. Congratulations! Uh, four weeks, not a not a Uh, Not an easy thing in the middle of winter. Things are very cold, but still I see people are doing it. A lot of upgrades as well uh, from 5K to 10K, 10K to half marathon. Very, 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 very nice. Congratulations, folks. Uh, All the light runners, I'm hoping that you're all getting ready. You're all doing your uh, sort of training as well and being focused on it. I had also uploaded the next next MESO cycle uh, to all the light runners. All the pro runners, you will see it soon. Your coaches will do it. Um, for the light runners, I had mentioned that we give an opportunity towards the end of the first meso, which is the first three-week cycle. Uh, for some of you who have who have been doing well, an opportunity for a, for a sort of an upgrade, a free upgrade to a pro version. If you think, uh, you know, you understood now what training is, it's working for you and you're doing it alone and you're doing it well, like 75% and above the runs have been done properly, recorded in final search you become eligible for an upgrade to pro so write to me and then uh, i'll check your runs and then if found eligible we will uh, give you an upgrade to pro i really think the goal here is to drive impact and then if you if you think you are in a position to uh, uh, to adopt and have uh, uh, for whatever reason you didn't choose pro but now you would like to here is your opportunity so that's where we are so today i wanted to talk to you about two really important topics topic one is about this answer to the question, what are we really training for? What is this training about? You know, what is it that we are trying to train for? And it's a very important, interesting thought that I want all of you to sort of think about. It's very important because it has very clear tactical ramifications on how you approach your training. And then the second thing I'm going to talk about is, you know, as you look at this journey of long distance training, 16 weeks training, believe it or not, The single biggest uh, roadblock or a speed breaker in this journey, where this journey gets cut short or short circuited, is not because of your physical inability or your mental inability or because you don't have time. Things people think it is not that. The largest factor, the sort of the, uh, I would say maybe 80% of the time where it just gets cut short, is injury because of running get injured, there is some pain that you never had before and the pain is debilitating and you cannot run. So I want to give you some tips on what you can do now, small things now that can add up and reduce the risk of injury for for all of you. This is not just for new runners, for pretty much everyone. If you can just follow this, you will not get injured. You'll be able to get a better hold of yourself and actually start completing seasons. So we'll talk about that. So two very interesting topics for all of you to, to understand, think and ponder and execute accordingly. So let us talk about the first question. What are we training for right now? So the reason why I asked this question is in the last episode, if you think about it, I talked about this training is all about the inside out transformation, cardiovascular, musculoskeletal, mental strength training. And I said how one sort of builds on the other and it's like sort of an inside out transformation of your body takes place. So yes, of course, we're training for that. Another way of uh, answering this question, what we are training for, what is it that we are trying to improve at this point of the training cycle? The answer to that is time. You are training for time on your legs. That's really what you're training for. Or in other words, you are looking at a situation where you're putting your body in a structured, controlled stress environment, controlled stress environment, in an oxygen rich environment for the body to solely think and understand that hey something is extra is being asked of me and that extra is not way out of my reach it is not shutting down my there is no risk of shutting down my system or causing severe damage to my body it is just that i am not yet ready 100% ready to sort of take on that and it is th- so the body says that oh, okay let me do a little bit more and sort of do a better job in managing that controlled stress environment. Yeah. That the, doing the better job is the cardiovascular, musculoskeletal improvements that we talked about last time, mental strength improvement that happens. So the body needs to do all of that so that it is feeling that, hey, I'm ready to go. So the next time when this controlled stress environment happens, I can do a better job. That's really what you want the body to be in that zone. So for the body to be in that zone, you need to have a couple of things in place. The first one is you need to provide time for the body to sort of understand that something is slightly off base that I need to start thinking about uh, uh, improving by you know, various things that I was telling you last, last episode. So it needs time for the body to sort of react in that way. And secondly, it needs to be, the stress needs to be in such a way that the body still thinks it is not in a shock. That means the stress is not so high that body thinks there's no way I can improve and, you know, uh, make that uh, uh, shock comfortable. I just have to go into the mode of protecting myself. You don't want the body to get into that zone. That's a shock. The reaction to a shock to a system is not training. The reaction to shock to a system is actually protecting itself. So it'll actually shut it, try to shut down many other functions. You don't want that. You want the body to think about only a small delta. That means it's a controlled stress needs to be there for the body. And then finally, body needs to be in an oxygen rich environment, aerobic zone. It should not be in an anaerobic zone. If the oxygen is not enough, body will not think that it is in a uh, in a controlled stress environment, it will immediately think it is in a shock environment. So if you think about it, if you step back, our goal is our for that body's magic to happen. The ability of our own body to quickly say, hey, let me do my magic for you. Let me provide you improvements in the cardiovascular, musculoskeletal, mental strength uh, uh, pillars that is going to help Help me do a better job in this controlled stress environment. Let me go and do my magic for you, which is what we want, which is also what is called as the training effect. So we want the training effect. That's really why we are doing this training. Instead of directly going to the race day, we are doing a training. So part of getting the training effect is A, you need to have a controlled stress event that is a small delta you need to make sure that you are doing this in an oxygen-rich environment. And three, you need to give sufficient time for the body to do its magic. Or in other words, if you think back, what are we giving you? We are giving you a structured training plan. We are asking you to run in most of the time at this point of your training cycle Most of the time in what we call it as the conversational pace running, run slow so that you don't get out of breath or a lack of oxygen so that the stress of running is not too much because conversational pace by very definition, as we all know, is not too stressful in your body and because you're not panting, it's a wonderful sign that there is uh, enough oxygen availability in your body. And then we are also asking you to sort of maintain a heart rate beyond a certain crazy number because heart rate is an excellent indicator of the stress of your body. So if you think about it, the training program itself and what we are asking you to do is essentially we are trying to create the right environment for the body to do its magic. Now, one question you will have is what is the heart rate that I should not go about Because I just want to make sure every human body is different. Everybody's, you know, the heart rate for a given day is a function of many things. As I told you in some episode before, it's like a stock price. It's a sum equivalent of everything that is happening in your life. How you slept yesterday or how, uh, uh, you know, what's your weight profile? What's your blood pressure profile? How stressed you are? How was the day temperatures? How is your shoe and other things that is helping? This is like literally a multiple factor that drives your heart rate for a given day but it's a number that you can focus on. So one easy uh, sort of metric for heart rate is typically runners use is 220 minus your age is your max heart rate, 100% heart rate that you can go for. That means when you're doing sprint training, the strides training, the Fortlex, those of you have never heard of these things, will come to you, though many of you are already doing it. This is what is called strength training, which is not uh, uh, conversational pay. This is we ask you to run fast, run slow, run fast. It's like training muscles for doing fast work. Strength, what we call it, strength running work. At those times, you are allowed to take the heart rate to as max as possible. And that max is this 220 minus your age. But when you're doing conversational pace, you don't want to do it at that 100%. That means when it is 100%, it's like engineers running like that. That is not a state of rest. That is not a a state of controlled stress. It is pretty stressed. And my past thing I told you today, we don't want to do that. So a traditional typical one is about 80% of the max heart rate should be your approximate range. And of course, when you run at the time, you will figure, you will know whether that is a good rhythm or not. You can adjust it a little bit. There's just a guidance, right? So if you think about it, I'm about 50 years. I'm 52. Let's say I'm 50. So 220 minus 50, for me, 100% heart rate is 170. So my heart rate at 170 should not go anything more than 170. That means I'm just overloading the system. Now, 20% of 170 is how much? Say 17 is 10%, 34, let's keep it 35. So 170 minus 35 is 140, 135. So 135 is the 80% range and 145 could be, I don't know, 85, 87% range. So if I could run between 135 and call it max 150, you know, knowing then I am in the the And if when I'm at 145, I should feel it, that I'm feeling okay. If I'm running at 145 and I can feel that, you know, heart is like a little bit panting, then I have to come down depending on the day. Yeah. So my mind, I go into, into uh, any run as follows. I stick to the plan. I don't overshoot it. That means last uh, week, if I was doing a five mile run, over the weekend this week I don't do a 15 mile run because I then suddenly overshot it then it is not a controlled stress anymore so I just stick to the training plan and if my coach is asking me to do conversational pace I will do conversational pace I will make sure I spend praying for time in fact interestingly folks my coach is a very senior girl. I've been working with her for almost six years now she doesn't give me distance at all how crazy is that now, I make sure that we make sure that we give you distance just to make it easy for everybody. But because I've been doing it for a long time, she only gives time for me as training. She says, go and run two and a half hours today. That's it. Yeah, conversational pace. That's all she'll say. So I, I, my goal is not distance. My goal is time with her, which is what we are supposed to be doing, all of us. So here you are. I know the range of heart rate. I know the conversational pace thing. I know the time. I just go and deliver it. When you do that, I'm allowing my body do its magic on me and we keep doing this, it slowly builds up and you get a better runner and you're ready for the start line. So, so, so folks, in summary, on this topic, I hope you understand this. My point is, do not do the following. Don't try to be a hero. And try to run fast. You running fast doesn't impress anyone. In mm-hmm. fact, it is. It sort of depresses the coach. That even if saying so many times, you're just going and running at some crazy heart rate for what? Who are you impressing? You're not impressing anybody. You wasted, the time, wasted that day's training. You literally put the body in stress. Number two, don't just overshoot distances randomly. Just because you felt good one day doesn't mean that you... Again, you're not impressing anyone. You're just wasting your time. You know, if you have more energy you go and do some uh, additional strength training, yoga, course training, all that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, tell your coach that, please upgrade me to full marathon if you want to. But randomly jumping into a, you know, suddenly doing a half marathon in the weekend, all those things are not impressing anyone. You're just wasting your time. So that's the second thing you can do. Third, run within yourself. I gave you the heart rate equation. Think about that. Nail your range. See how it goes. You can adjust it. The idea here is that these are all just indications but when you run you will know when you have the range of say 130 to 140 and you know when you are at 140 you feel actually very good maybe you can go 135 to 145 adjust it think about how you feel at the at the highest point so that you manage your runs yeah um and then like you know uh, just yesterday to my cohort i was telling uh, i did this exact thing just because i was wanted to be ready for this uh, this this weekend uh, message i did a two and a half hours plus run yesterday on treadmill very boring but I had this idea that I will do a, a sort of this, all the things comes together. So if you go and check out in my Strava, and if you look at the heart rate profile, you will see that I started off at some 100, 510 average uh, uh, mile, which is like excruciatingly slow for me. It's boring to the extent. It's boring. It's in treadmill. Think about it. But it's, it's okay. That's what this training is all about. And slowly, slowly, I increase the treadmill pace. And I ended at around 140, 145 after about two and a half, uh, two hours, 45 minutes or something of run. Perfect in my opinion, in terms of what I wanted to do for the run, my coach was very happy. Uh, I'm just saying uh, not to just sort of boast about myself, but just to give you an idea how this translates into a good long run. I hope you get the point. Focus on the time on the foot. When you're running, things will automatically happen. Speed will happen. Strength will go up. CVMS. MS systems will get better. And before you know, you're in a different shape altogether, um, three, four MISO cycles from now. Okay. So that's message one. The second thing I want to talk to you about is I told you that the biggest roadblock for any marathon, half marathon training uh, aspirant is injury. 80% of the time, that's what shuts you down. And every one of us have gone through it. It is frustrating. It is depressing even, especially if you have done two, three three seasons or even two, three mesos for that matter. And suddenly you are injured, debilitating, and you just shut it down and you're watching the world run by. Trust me, there is no, nothing that can, uh, you know, uh, satisfy that person. Depression is, will happen. First of all, runners, I won't be there. On top of that, there is depression. Oh, there's a lot of things that happens. Unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, That is what life is all about. You got to suck it up and the reason is running by very nature is an impact sport and uh, all of us are not professionals we're just still amateurs so we kind of do some mistakes and we just ignore things and you know we just go you just, it just literally recently i was talking to one very senior runner you know been with uh, with uh, with, the, with, the, with us for many many uh, seasons and uh, that that runner was telling me bala i just wanted to acknowledge one thing to you You kept on telling this, uh, you know, insoles for a very long time. I somehow didn't like it because I tried it once and mentally I was just a rebel. I didn't use it. And I've had all kinds of leg problems. Now, recently when you posted that message, I said, okay, let me try it out again. And I realized that every time I buy the insole, I will not take out the original sole. I will just put my insole on top of it and then put my uh, thing on it. And it becomes so tight and my foot was miserable and then I will say this is because insole is bad and throw it off. After that, he realized, oh, should I have to replace the sole for the insole? And he did that and he found his like comfort was like almost 10x. Why I'm bringing this up is it's not just for first time runners. This is a continuous learning journey. Whatever things we are saying, please don't do this. Some people will do it. Some people will just ignore it. You know, and some people will get stuck and then they will learn it. Unfortunately, that's how the the learning process happens. (laughs) As coaches, we can only keep highlighting just years of experience, not just from our side, from everybody else. Even I have done the same thing. Make mistakes and learn. That's the best way to learn. Otherwise, just by somebody preaching, you're not going to learn. But at least someone should preach. Some of the things that you can do, you should not do. And by by following these, you are significantly reducing the injury instances, the risk of injury, and as a result, you will be a better runner and you will be able to achieve your goals without that depression uh, phase. That's the goal. So what are those things? So let me just lay out some things. First thing, before a run, many people will do. I hope you don't do it, but if you do it, here is a suggestion. Do not start the run without a warm-up. So the dynamic stretching you are provided, it might be boring sometimes, but you should do it. When you do that, muscles get activated and then more load. The load is equally distributed by all the required muscles in the kinetic chain. Kinetic chain is the chain of muscles that is helping you to sort of propel the body forward from your neck to the toe. There are like hundreds of muscles that needs to be in action. You want all of these muscles to get activated. Then it's easier. If it doesn't, if some of the muscles are sleeping, then some other muscle is getting loaded. And that muscle, if it happens to be weak, boom, injury. So that's really what is happening. Warm-up, a dynamic stretching. The second thing is going for every run to give max effort. You know, this is a running thing, right? Yesterday, I did uh, my, PR, my uh, uh, conversational pace is 10.45. Today, let me see if I can do 10.35. As if in one day, you get better at it. And there is this internal competition among yourself or, or at least make the every run is as the best you can do and push for it. It happens with all of us. Every run cannot be your best run. Should not be a best run. Don't shoot for PRs or the best runs for every run. There should be some boring... Most of the times, it should be boring, slow runs. One day, you felt very good and say, today, I want to give the best and check what it is. That is what you should do. If every run is peak effort, you will get injured. That's what is too hard and, you know, going for a PR every run. Then post-run stretch. Once you finish a run, you should do some stretching. Important. Three four minutes. It is very tempting to stop the run, immediately go on lie down, watch TV, and just enjoy. You know, especially after the long run. But you shouldn't. You should do some stretching, release the tension that has knots and other things that has happened. You know, in fact, there is a roller uh, that senior runners use. We'll talk about it in future sessions. You should do rolling stretches. Oh my God! It will release the tension so much that you will feel supple. You will not get injured. Okay. Then no strength training. Everybody just—everybody I've seen, most rookie mis- players just go and just do uh, running for three, four days a week, and they just assume that magic will happen. What? Who has to do strength training? Now there are two elements to that. The string running by nature gives immediate feedback. So when you go for a three or five mile run, when you come back, you feel great. Your runners high, so you feel good about it. Now, when you do a thirty minute strength, you don't feel anything. Your heart rate hasn't gone up. You feel like a wasted time. It's boring to maintain a certain pose or do the same thing again and again. It's boring. The impact is not immediate. But unfortunately, that is the most important thing because strength training impact happens eight weeks later. So nothing happens immediately. But when you do it in a consistent manner, you are literally creating more fibers, increasing the strength of current muscle fibers. Your running increases, improves. You are sort of addressing the weakest link of the kinetic chain by strength training, as opposed by strength training, which is more of a tensile load, you know, tensile and compression load of the weakest link, as opposed to impact load of that weakest point, which is running. And as you all know, if you want to break something, the easiest way to break something is take a hammer and hit, not just keep pulling it, right? Right. So if you don't pull and contract, pull and contract, and strengthen that portion, and you just instead of doing that, take that weakest muscle and then uh, you know submit it to impact load, which is running, which is taking the hammer and hit it. Obviously, it will break. Obviously, you'll have tear. It's simple science. So you got to make sure that without strength training, if you keep on doing impact load, your weakest portion, the weakest chain, weakest link of the chain will give way, which is injury at the end of the day. Similarly, no cross-training. You know, we have a thing where you can do some cross-training, cycling, yoga, you know, uh, swimming. These are all things that take certain other muscles that are not part of the kinetic chain. So you want other muscles which are not part of the kinetic chain, but which should be supple enough to support the kinetic chain muscles. You don't do that. You just do only running. You are like sort of isolating the, uh, uh, isolating the weakest portion of your kinetic chain to have more problems. Then no rest or recovery. You know, for some reason, runners, rookie runners especially, do not give rest. They think that let me keep, I'm feeling so good. I don't want to do that one day, two day rest. Why is Bala asking me to do only four days a week? You know, let me run, not upload it in final search. As if, you know, some accountant is there who is going to give an award for you to do like continuous 15 day running. It has happened. Oh my God. The number of examples are many. I'm I, I why, why others? I have done it too. You know, I did once, let me tell you the stupid mistake I did. I suffered for one and a half years because of that. Someone told me that there is this very interesting sort of new sort of fad. 4 by 4 by 48. That means you run 4 miles every 4 hours for 48 hours. Continuous. Sounded so cool. 48 hours is 2 days. That means you have to run through the night, manage your schedule and all that and I mean, it might be good for some serious, good athletes. I'm not a serious, good athlete. I'm just a good, a decent amateur. And this is about three, three, four years ago. I don't know why I just took it. I went, I, I just felt it, liked it, did the 4 by 4 by 48 Now, it sounded great. Four miles is nothing, you know. Yeah, I'm running marathons. So, four miles is not a big deal. And four by four, hmm, it is a big deal. It's not a big deal for the first, say, five cycles. That means up to 20 hours is not a big deal. Then 24, 28, 32, and all it's becoming a big deal because muscles are not getting rested. There's no recovery. You just keep on in you know, loading, 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 loading. There's no recovery. I managed 48 hours. Screwed up my uh, screwed up my ankle. My ankle ligament didn't tear, luckily, but was badly weakened. One and a half years. Even now, I would say I have some ankle issues. You know, one and a half years, shut it down. It was, ankle takes a long time to recover. And I have no idea why I did that. Nothing was required. I messed it up. And my coach was so disappointed with me. I said, why are you doing that? I said, I didn't have any reason. It's a momentary lapse of logic. I did it. But my point here, I want to say is everybody make the mistake. I'm just telling you guys, don't make that mistake, which is don't have a long run. And let's say by some reason, you did in Saturday, you did Sunday. Then don't have the Sunday long run and then again do some Monday runs or something. You need to have, you know, one full day of rest after a long run, especially. So that's why we have structured it like that. There is a days of rest. So yes, life will happen. Some days you can move things around. But try your best to be within the framework we have provided. So that we don't ask your long run to move. Let's say you miss Saturday, Sunday, it's missed. That's it. Don't go and do a long run on Monday and then continue with the next week cycle. Sorry. That is recipe for disaster. No coach will allow you that. If you missed on that week, forget about it, feel bad about it, move on to the next week. Yeah. But the idea here is we have done the thinking for you in creating the framework. It may, one easy way of doing it is you can forget about all of this and just follow the framework. Everything will be taken care of if you just follow it to the T. Yeah. So giving that rest is important. And then finally, ignoring your body's communication with you. The number of times this has happened, Body is telling you, crying. Said, "Hey, Bala, I'm having a pain in my shin every time you're running. My shin pain, it's it's like messing it up." And you're like, "Don't worry, it's all just part of the part of the build-up. Push it, push it, and then the pain keeps increasing. Still push it, push it, and then at some point the pain just gives way and you have a stress fracture. You know the number of times I've seen our own runners gone through this." And the stress factor is the most frustrating. They boy it'll take you out of one season completely. One season is gone. And you realize that you just refuse to listen to your body. That's really what it is. So in summary, folks, I hope you can think of all of this together. Warm up before and after don't make every run, the, the highest impact run, you know, just there are go for boring runs, slow, steady type of runs. Don't, uh, you know, uh, no uh, strength training, just ignore strength training. Don't do any cross training, like ignoring cross training. No rest after long runs or recovery period is not there at all. Doing the same as sort of ignoring the body's communication. These are all simple, common sensical stuff that is not highly uncommon. That is highly uncommon. People just don't listen to it. Keep making the mistake, and then listen. So I hope this at least remains in your head. As I am, as you're thinking about this, so next time you have the tendency to make this mistake, maybe at least you'll reduce it by 50%. That's the goal. So hopefully you have these, uh, you you, uh, understood the two points, training for time and some common errors to make sure that you don't get injured. All the very best for the next week, which is the last week of MISO 1 for most of you. And uh, MISO 2 starts for 5K next week. All the very best folks. Very proud of all of you. You've done a great job thus far. Let's keep going. Thank you.